0: Hello guys and welcome to the Venture Property Podcast and thank you very much for listening. Today, as always, we are sponsored by the Real Estate Slackers. This week I have Pete Watson who has built a pretty impressive digital marketing agency. I thought Pete would be a pretty good guest to come onto the show pretty much because he's a bit of an idiot like me and also so many people are now looking at building their personal brand as well as their business brands to achieve bigger success in their property business. I know that that has had a big effect on my business after building my brand. So, I will get straight into the podcast. Heads up though, guys, Pete speaks mega, mega fast. Hi Pete, how are you doing
1: today? Fabulous, thanks, thanks for having me on the show. Um, It's been quite a weird one lately, obviously, as you know, because we've started this whole personal branding thing like on steroids. Mm. So, you know, um, I don't know if we touch on this any later on, but essentially we went from doing personal branding on quite a minor level, you know, mm. doing our videos on social, etc., and now we've kind of made that leap and now Sam, essentially records my whole day and then every single day makes a vlog of that day so we're it's in like weird
0: like, this this is weird right yeah, now we're being recorded yeah although yeah. and we're like day four in so it's still very new so it's um it's cool to be on the show thanks thanking you thanks for coming on why don't you tell the people who don't know you exactly who you are so uh, peter watson um main business managing director of distract
1: i've been doing business since i was 16 really you know loads of different ones one of the key ones that kind of put me on the map, I suppose, was um, I was working at a car audio brand and I created 150 different videos of how to install your car radio that went pretty well. We got about 10 to 15,000 views every single day on those videos. And we sold quite a lot of products on the back of it. I then danced off to the university where I did marketing. and um, was the president of the business society there. I met my now business partner, Brad McKenney who was the vice president. Um, and then between second and third year of uni, we, we launched Distract, which is a digital advertising agency, um, which still runs today. We're now up to about 15 staff, work with brands all over the UK, um, and really focus on innovation. Innovation is really at the heart of whatever we do. Um, since then, we've now also created Featured, which is an incubator where we invest uh, up to £20,000 in startup businesses and offer them free marketing, legal legal, accounting support to get the business off the ground and ready for that Series A. So um, yeah, really busy times for us as you can imagine, but um, everything's good fun and enjoying the journey.
0: Cool. What was the motivation then behind starting the digital agency? So going back to kind of that time where I did
1: 150 videos of how to install car radios, I kind of realized at that point that if one kid who's a sales assistant in a high street brand can completely disrupt marketing that these big boys should be nailing, then everyone should be able to do it. Mm. So um, that was kind of the, the, the punchline. Then I went to university, and in between second and third year, I had lots of spare time, and I just thought, <laughs> you know what, let's just create something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, we launched it, got two or three accounts pretty early on, and at that point, we went into third year of university and just didn't turn up. You know, We had 10% attendance just to make the business work, and that's pretty much it. I just enjoyed the process along the way, but the real, my real motivation for it initially was just to disrupt the big boys Mm. you know i want to i want to go to those brands that have serious competition and just help them dominate as Mm. simple as that the motivation now as we speak is i only realized this about six months ago what we've actually created is one of the best growth machines possible i have 15 amazing marketers sat in a room working for some cool brands and I now have the ability to put them into whatever business I want. Mm. So I can go and, and buy an e-commerce business or invest in a startup and instantly bring 15 of the best marketers into that room mm. free of charge. Mm. So now it's the game plan. This is why featured was launched. It's simple. I can go and start whatever I want and bring some serious power to it and just
0: grow them. Mm. I like it. How did you come how did that arrive? What happened? What was the moment that made you think I want to do this? So with
1: so essentially, I sit there every single day and we work with, with some cool brands, but you always look at clients you work with and go, why are you doing that? Yeah, like, I like, let us do the marketing, just leave it to us, but why are you making that decision about that? Mm. And that's fine, That's our job is to market. But when those things start stacking up, and you kind of go, if I had full control here of this business, like full, I wouldn't make some of the decisions that they're making. Mm. And each their own, Yeah, you run your company how you want to run it, but I had a different opinion. So I thought, if we can do the same results we're doing for our clients, but for ourselves, and we can decide on every decision Mm. where to spend all our marketing budget, not just ten percent of it,
0: Mm.
1: who to hire, not just force who we're working with, then I think that has some serious power. Now you could say on the flip side that that's just a really ego way of looking at it, and maybe it is. Maybe I'm going to, you know, a few of these that I've launched now, they're going to completely fall flat on their face. Mm. But my notion is is pretty simple. Far too many people are trying to innovate things just for the sake of innovation. Yeah, I agree with you. Right? I think my personal gut feel is find businesses that people want, accountants, everyone wants a bloody accountant, solicitors, everyone needs, an account, everyone needs a solicitor, you know, like cafes, everyone wants to go to a cafe. Mm. People are banging out apps just because they want to be a billion pound app. My gut feel is go to something that works and innovate the marketing rather than innovate the business. Mm.
0: I agree with you there, and I I definitely agree that people are just creating stuff just for the sake of creating it. Like, you look at a company creating a watch, an Apple Watch app, for absolutely no reason at all, like a betting company. You're like, who's going to place a bet from their watch? Like, that makes absolutely no sense, and they've spent so much money doing that. And I think that comes back to the the disruption, though. Do you find that being young and being an entrepreneur like yourself, Looking at these other businesses that you can invest you can invest in and bring through, you're not used to that, that world that they're in, so you bring a whole new level of disruption. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think, the, I think the problem is environment, right? So I think if
1: you walked into an accountancy, that marketing manager or MD is constrained by the environment. Yep. If you walk into our ad agency... It's ridiculous, mm. right? And the level of creativity that bleeds through those walls, and the and the stuff the guys are getting up to is amazing, right? Imagine if you could bring that level of creativity into traditional businesses, mm. like raw, like there to there.
0: I am so with you. It I have the game. this. I literally have this dis- discussion every single night when I am eating my tea. Like, have you thought? Have you thought that we that, you should, that the company should be doing that? Oh. In a, and that's in a tradition. My partner's in a traditional business, and it's like, but you could genuinely disrupt that whole thing and do something that nobody else is doing, and treble ten times that income quite easily.
1: Well, just to jump in there, Cooper Parry did that. Hmm. Cooper Parry are an accountancy firm, really fast growing. Work with their clients of Sports Direct, etc. If you walked into Cooper Parry, you'd think it was an advertising agency. Hmm. No ties, like almost track two bottoms and all the staff like it's that raw but they're an accountancy firm that's gone do you know forget the old sort of cliche what we actually are you can be whoever you want to be you can bring whatever creative elements you want to the table and they've just absolutely blown up
0: well that's the way it should be but it's scary yeah because nobody likes change hmm. i mean i have this joke with sarah where i will literally show her pictures of boring looking old man men and go what do you think he does for a living? bit <laughs> It's like, oh, he's an accountant, isn't he? I'm like, but all you've got to do is change the environment mm. with just a little bit of creativity. I like it. So, what rookie mistakes do you often see people? Do you see people doing when they're looking to build their business brand and also personal brand? So, um,
1: people get the mistake between marketing and sales. Mm. So. Sales generates money for today for us to pay for rent, staff, etc. Marketing needs to be positioned in a way to grow the brand and grow the business. And far too many people invest all their advertising spend into the sales drivers, mm. rather than the brand and marketing drivers. I truly, truly believe that if you took and this is what we do, take all of your advertising, all of it, and invest it into marketing and brand. Now, it will probably hit you for three, four, six, seven months, right? But I promise you, in two years, we're so thankful you've done it. Mm. And if you look at what we've done as a brand, we've never, ever, ever, ever created a sales campaign. Mm. We've always done a marketing campaign, a brand campaign. We've always focused on, fine, we're going to invest this much now, but the idea for this is to be seen and perceived as experts in our field. At no point will you ever see a click this link, fill in a contact form to to get free consultation or a free hour. It's always going to be brand, 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 mm. and the great thing you find is you get invited to more podcasts, you get invited to speaking events, you get brought in when people really want the work. Because if I perceive our brand as the experts through brand marketing, mm-hmm. when they really want you, they'll come.
0: Yeah.
1: They're not gonna click and book you and do all this stuff because you put them on a weird cookie chase yeah. with like these lead <laughs> magnets. Like, it's not gonna happen, but if you position your brand in the yeah. perfect place, <laughs> when they want you, they'll find you. And I think that too many people are just trying to squeeze the leads and the sales as fast as they can, when they should be going, going, do you know what? We want to build this business for 10, 20, 30, 100 years time, Mm. and the way to do that is to focus on brand.
0: Mm.
1: Like, Disney is a brand. Mm. They haven't got a cool sales funnel, it's brand. You go to Disneyland Paris because of the brand. Uh, And I think that that is the biggest problem we have in marketing and business is everyone's trying to chase the quick book and they're not going for the long
0: brand game. Yeah, and that's difficult for people though, isn't it? Because it's it's heavy work, so it's like I always believe that content is key. Like businesses are here to solve problems, so your business solves a problem, whatever that might be. So if you use the content to solve that problem and really educate the people, then eventually you'll get more sales. But it's hard work, and like like you touched upon, it's you're not going to see the benefit now. It's down the line. It's down the line. It's down the line. But I feel that that. Those businesses that go through that and and really buy into that, they're the ones that last. I'm because otherwise, how many people do you see? Oh, I'm going to start a business, and then six months later, they've stopped, or they're going to start a blog, and that because it's hard work. Well, it's not not even that. Let's go to the real problem with starting
1: businesses. I think you honestly need 12 months to start a business. Hmm. I think you honestly need to have a. I'm going to make no money for 12 months. Yep. I'm going to invest in this brand and take nothing out of it. And I truly think that unless you have 12 months runway. So the statement I always make is that it's not about how much money you make. It's about how long you can go without making any money. Yeah. Yeah, like, I agree with because that. Because the market could crash tomorrow and we're all screwed or you've just started this business and you can't survive. Mm. I truthfully believe that it's not about how much money you make, it's how long you can go without making any money. So for us, we started at university. I haven't paid by the government. The government paid, well, it's a, it's a loan. It's debt. <laughs> no, <money> you're wrong. <laughs> but I'm getting paid to, to do my business. I'm getting paid to learn on the job. But yeah, I was going to go to university, but I wasn't but that's what it's about. So yeah, my, truth, my truthfully think that you need to give it 12 months mm. and, and that's because brand takes
0: time to build. Mm. And as well, I think with that it's, people never ever think about the emotional impact of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you can go 12 months without earning any money, that's all right then, but if you can only go three or four months without earning any money and you've got other commitments, you're gonna have pressures like partners, etc. where you have not earn any money. How long is this gonna carry on for? And then that starts to take its toll on you. I think
1: that every single person who has got a successful business has always had some form of leg up. Yeah. Somewhat like and you go and ask the people who've really made it and gone, what was your leg up? There's always one thing. Yeah. My leg up was I was at university. Yeah. I needed no running costs. Yeah. I had no family I had no, fam- like, no family, no family to like look after, yeah. like no mortgage, I had everything. I was just a student doing my thing. Yeah. But rather than going to university, I used that year to start a business. Yeah. The problem comes when you're 36 years old, you've got a mortgage, two kids, and you're married,
0: Yeah.
1: good but luck. Unhappy,
0: good luck. you've got all of those commitments, you're not gonna be able to do it.
1: Yeah, I truthfully believe in the university entrepreneur. Yeah. I truthfully believe that if you want to start university
0: makes sense because you have three years to start your business yeah and you've got time and connections at university i started a business at university Mm -hmm. i started two businesses at university i sold makeup which was one business and then i got into the whole trading thing at university so then i came out with a degree in physiotherapy that i'll probably never use and then my leg up literally was university third year dad was ill stepped into his business ran that business grew that business and then was like actually I don't really need to be here that much, but I've got income from mm-hmm. it, so I've now got time to go off and do what I want to do, which was to enable me to do, to do property. What I want to know is, some of your adverts are very creative, like very, very creative. Where do you get that inspiration from?
1: So the first thing that's probably worth, worth addressing is that the way most marketing agencies are structured is like this. They'll have an account manager, They'll have a digital marketing manager or digital marketing team, mm. and those digital marketing individuals will run your Google ads, run your Facebook ads, do your email marketing, etc. They'll do everything. What I did to start with, and it was a much and it still is a much more costly way of doing things, is that I'm gonna hire someone who does Facebook ads and nothing else. You walk in 8:30 till 6, you do nothing but Facebook ads. I'm going to hire you, you're going to do Google ads and nothing else. Every day you're going to walk in, you're going to do nothing but Google ads. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you get the best. Because when things change, they're already on it. Because all they do every single day is that. Now, we actually employed um, a girl early on to do nothing but come up with creative ideas. Now, that, as a business, makes no (laughs) sense. I'm going to outlay a salary every month for someone to come up with creative Mm. ideas, right? So this is what actually happened. Girl applied for a job. Uh, We weren't recruiting anyone at that time. Um, Met two of the guys in the team. Um, They said, Pete, this girl's outstanding. She's doing the rounds around the agencies in the area. You need to interview her. She came in. I looked at her, her, what she'd been. She'd been to some big agencies down in London, and I just hired her. Hmm. Because I didn't want anyone else to have her, and I knew that she could bring some creative elements to the table. So when a client comes in, and there's a brief on the table, she will literally sit with the ad team and come up with a creative campaign. Because the way that marketing has changed now, especially in the social sphere, is that marketing on Facebook, etc., is growing so fast. Everyone can do it. Yeah. Anyone can access it, which means it's more noisy than ever before, which simply means the only way to win is to be more creative than everyone else. So creativity is now the most important thing on social media. So that one fluky high that I made over a year ago now is one of the kingpins and the fundamentals differences with us as an agency. So the point really is, if you want to win, get experts. Don't get generalists. Yeah. And every other marketing agency will have generalists. Mm. More costly to do it our way, but I think that's why we've won the awards and we grow. That we grow.
0: So how have you built the team? In what way? Like in terms of in how every fast single way. You You're a very young man. How old are you? Because people can't see. You. Twenty-five. And you've got how many staff? Fifteen. So how have you built that team? How have you managed that team? And how have you separated being young and being in charge? Because I know it's difficult. I walked into a business at 21 with 15 employees who were all ex-builders loyal to my dad. (laughs) And that was like a baptism of fire for me. And I'm really, really interested to see how you've done that, how you've handled some of the objections and all those kinds of things. Um, First of all, I think our team's outstanding
1: and I think with great respect to them. I think they appreciate what we've done.
0: Yeah.
1: I think they understand that we're really young. We've, we're working really hard as a team and as a management team, working really hard. And I think they respect that. Mm. So they don't, they don't really give us much aggro. We have a very laissez-faire attitude. People always ask me, how do you deal and how do you work with millennials? Like, that's a big question people are worrying about. I think I you give them free reign. Mm. You allow them to bring their creative flair to the table and whatever they want to do. Um, but then that we do this, we have a bad cop, good cop scenario. Like Brad, business partner is very much an introvert, Mr. Nice Guy. He gets on with the team. He works with the department. I'm in an external office. And if if I'm required, I will come in and tell him how it is. And I think you've got to have that break between who is the one that runs the show, the dailies. <coughs> who's the nice guy, who's the friendly face? And who is the person that's really steering the ship? And if you're not quite put in it, you've got to step in. Yeah. And that's what I do. But it's very rare. I think you just got to give people free rein, And also the key thing is this. People who have worked at other places and then come to us understand how great they have it.
0: Yeah.
1: They understand how great they have it. We've just had a guy come from, he's been at three agencies before us and came to us. And he said, on the outset, you looked amazing. And I was wearing it like every other agency where it's creative and fun on the outside. And when you get in, it's just like whipped, you know, time to whip you
0: into gear. And yeah. he said, it's not. And he loves that. So I think we just treat people right. Yeah. Well, I think that free reign now anyway is so key because the younger generation, I, mean, I am just classed as a millennial, like just, just, but the generation below me, they, they are desperate for a work-life balance. And at the director's conference that we were at and you spoke at, and Dean picked up on it about how... Some of these companies are saying that they can't attract the talent, they can't keep the talent, but they are 40, 50 yeah. years old. They're not looking at it the way that you've just described, where you've got to have that work-life balance and give them free reign, and I think that's when you get to keep the talent. People, people want to enjoy their job. Yep. They want to walk
1: in, and also key thing that I, that I picked up from that, I mean, I have great advisors. I think that's the number one thing as well for anyone who's doing anything in business, have an amazing like, team you work with. Mm. Any problem I have, I can go to them. Our HR team is amazing and we, you know, we had an issue once and I spoke to them and they said, look, Pete, no one comes to work and wants to do bad things.
0: Yeah.
1: No one comes to work at nine o'clock on a Tuesday and goes, today I'm going to be crap.
0: Yeah.
1: Everyone wants to do well and perform. And I think when you understand that as a behavior, you understand people a lot better.
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, no one wants to be bad at their job. So just try and help them do their job as well as they can. And when I say I give them free reign, I do give them absolute free reign as long as they get the job done. Yeah. And that's the key thing. They're not just a load of millennials running around the room. Yeah. We track everything. Yeah. I will let you do whatever you want as long as you hit all these objectives. The clients are happy, etc., yeah. etc. Et and I think people respect that.
0: Yeah, well, they know what they've got to do, but they know that it's also not going to be boring. Mm. I remember speaking to in a focus group to quite a few people who were all in different scenarios, different works, and they were all saying that the. They all hated their lives because of work, mm. and I was the only one there who enjoyed it. And it came down to the free reign and it was like Yes I have free reign, but I still have to hit do, 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 mm. But I know when I've hit all of those things that I can then enjoy it. Yeah yeah. And I worked out a long time ago that to be successful I need quite a lot of flexibility anyway, because otherwise it's not happening at all. Um just picking up on one of the things you spoke about, I I genuinely believe that there's so much noise, so much noise on social media. You know, you've got people just... So I genuinely believe, like you do, that there is a lot of noise on social media, like so much noise. What can people do to cut through that noise and get their stuff recognised? It's going back to that point about creativity. Mm. You know, anyone has the ability to
1: advertise on Facebook. Anyone. And Facebook can target on such a deep level now that, you know, anyone anyone with a bit of brain cells can make that work. The real differentiating factor is how creative you are, and I say to the team all the time, I don't. You could bet, you could almost target the wrong people, but as long as your creativity and your advert is as good as it, as, as you want it to be, it'll work. Mm. Um, as far as anything not advertising related, it's game over. Mm. Like Facebook organically is a waste of time. Twitter organically is a waste of time. Instagram is about to become a waste of time because the moment these brands get so big and they get all the users there, all they care about is how much money you're going to pay their shareholders. Yeah. So you know, um, it's all about advertising on these platforms now. You can growth hack your way to a certain point, but the reality is that it's not gonna work for you unless you're putting money behind these platforms.
0: Mm. Well, the growth hacking has only ever been good for a small period of time, and then algorithms change, everything changes, and then you go, oh, that doesn't work anymore. Then you have to find a new one, and a new one, and a new one, and it just try. Just, yeah, just to jump into that
1: point, when Facebook Live first came out, we did some really cool creative campaigns for our clients. Massive reach, worked really, really well. And then all of a sudden, Facebook just restricted the reach on Facebook Live, like overnight, it just went. Yeah. Um, and then now they're talking about bringing in Facebook Live advertising. So you know that reach you got before, Pete, that worked really, really well, and it made your clients loads of money? You can do that again, but this time you've got to pay for it. Yeah, That's all they do. Yeah. Marketplace, free way of selling your stuff, anytime you want, boom, adverts now there. Yeah. You wait a year's time, it'll be almost like Google PPC, where you'll be able to type in pedal bike, and then a load of bike adverts will come up. It's, all, yeah. all Facebook are doing now is they're struggling to find places for adverts because more people are coming to it. Mm. Simple supply and demand. So they'll create a new part of the platform and then they'll ring adverts
0: into it. Yeah, exactly. Workplace by Facebook. Yeah, the next one. Like, yeah, that'll happen. That'll
1: be kind of kill LinkedIn.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like I hate LinkedIn anyway.
1: Yeah, I can. Imagine. You're not really a LinkedIn man. I can tell. No, I,
0: I hate it. I but, just don't you relaxed for that. Aren't you? Yeah, way too relaxed for that. Way too relaxed, and it's full of. As soon as you've got anything property related in your on your LinkedIn it's just literally like mortgage brokers recruitment consultants all the time boom 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 and you're like do you really think I've been in property like six seven years without a mortgage advisor like do you think I really need one now or a recruitment consultant going oh do you want to come and work in Dubai no have you checked my profile picture when would a ginger go to Dubai (laughs) like come on it's just not gonna happen is it um you've touched on quite a lot of stuff um and as an expert in this field, where do you learn all this stuff from? How do you keep relevant?
1: Um, truthfully, from the team. Yeah. So
0: it's very, very,
1: it's almost impossible for me to keep on to track chat with everything. Yeah. So the one thing that I try and do all the time is we have these specialists in the team mm-hmm. and they're learning stuff all the time because they do it all the time. Yeah. And it's a lot of people will think that I drive what the team does. I drive the direction of the team and how I want the team to act and how I want them to be seen as. Mm-hmm. But they're driving me and what I talk about. I can only tell you what's working because I've seen the team execute on what's working. Yeah. I can only sit here and say that creativity is the difference, and you have to be using advertising because, in the agency, that's what the team's doing.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, I'm literally just a voice of a team behind me.
0: Mm.
1: It's as simple as that. I'm not some facade that's just here and there's nothing happening behind. Like I don't know this stuff. I'm getting told this stuff, mm. um, and that's the that's the factor. There's no way that I can know all this stuff. But then if it goes
0: to a certain point, I've got the team, the speciality they can bring in. That's what that is genuinely one of the things that I really like about you and I really respect is the the fact that yes, you are this face of the company, you are the talker, you are the showman effectively, but you always, always bring it back to the team. So it's like if we go to any events or anything like that, the team's there. Everyone's involved. And I think that's genuinely what people want. They want to be part of something and they want to feel like respected and all that. And you always, always, always bring that back to them. And they must absolutely love that.
1: I, I want everyone to win. Yeah. Like, the whole team know my aims and ambitions is to grow this massive group. And I've told the team, you want me doing this, you want me doing this. Even Sam, I was saying to him yesterday, my aim for this personal branding thing isn't just to have Sam pull me around for the next 23 years, right? The aim for this is that we have a team that works on it. Yeah. And guess what? Sam's the first one of the team. So if I need someone to head up that team, it's obviously going to be Sam because yeah. he's done all of it. <coughs> so yeah. I want graphic designers in this personal branding team. I want videographers. I want, pop- I want everything. Yeah. And I just want everyone to succeed because if they win, I win.
0: Mm.
1: And everyone forgets that. Everyone thinks that to be big in business and to really win, you've got to be crushing down on people and keeping them in the corner and saying you can't move from there. I want everyone to win. Yeah. I want everyone to enjoy being here. I want everyone to be on this journey with us because we're literally three years into this. And already, it's just going to be fantastic. You can just feel it. Yeah. This is the reason we're doing this personal branding now because, with three years in, right, this is how far we've gone now. Imagine what it's going to me like in ten years. Mm. Imagine in ten years' time if we keep this up, and I can go back to this episode number four right now, and we can watch it back. Oh, man. that's mad, right? I'll be forty years old. Be mad, right? And that's what I want. I want this to work. I want people to to jump on this journey because it's going to be fantastic to watch back. And it could go the other way. I could crash and burn in two years' time. Like Twitter. Like Twitter. Twitter's dead. Like Twitter. And it would be amazing to watch it back. Yeah. But there's one thing that if we do crash and burn,
0: imagine the recording of that coming back. Yeah. Imagine us burning
1: out and then coming out again.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think you'd learn a lot from that. But I think genuinely... A lot of people forget now that people wanna see people succeed and they Mm. like seeing the stories, which I think this is a cracking reason for that. And I like how you've not done this flashy. So right now it is literally just one guy who is recording us. So people watch that and then they see your progress and they see it get better. And I'm so for that. When I started doing loads of my videos, it literally was just iPhone. And then they, they get better and better and better. But people follow that story and it's that, it's genuine. We, we, the first video it went say. out yesterday, and
1: um, Sam, I've literally known Sam like said, since Monday, right? Talented guy knows the game inside out. But the first video came out and I, went, I, I said to ta- Sam McAstead to the team, I'm not expecting any decent quality to come out of the first 20 episodes. Mm. The first one out and I showed it to a few people and just instantly went, this is going to work. Yeah. It's just going to work,
0: mm.
1: and um, as we build the team, as we develop, it's going to be fantastic to watch. And I just, I hope that it inspires the people to do the same.
0: Yeah, I think it will. I think that's what happens anyway. People see something working and go, "Do you know what? I'm going to do some of that myself." But, but the other thing as well is, this can be mistaken for
1: ego. Mm. This can be mistaken for, oh, Pete's gone ridiculous on this. Now he's got a guy following another camera, but it's nothing about that. It's, I want the journey. I just want to, I just want to follow the journey. Yeah.
0: And, and even for grandkids. selfish reasons. Yeah. I'm showing
1: your grandkids this. <laughs> mad, what? right?
0: Oh, mad. You're like
1: 72 with grandkids and like, just watch episode four. There's some real, episode some deep four. stuff in there. Right? really right? good right? stuff. Right? Right? It's like right? amazing.
0: Yeah. I don't know about that, but maybe, <laughs> maybe we will say something amazing. So, one thing I definitely do want to highlight is I know companies that have worked with you and seen some ridiculous success. What success rate have companies had when they've worked with you? And maybe give a couple of Examples of that. So it first of all, the success
1: whenever you work with a brand, the success depends on how much they're willing to pass over. Yeah. So the one of the biggest issues with um brands and, and companies is that they'll bring us in and then they'll realize, oh no, we're just taking the job off Suzanne. Mm. Suzanne was running our social, now Suzanne's got nothing to do, oh no, what's Suzanne gonna do? And they just prod and annoying just get in, get in the way of stuff mm. if you want an agency to do well mind someone else's don't care give them free reign you've paid an expert agency to do a job for you let them get on with it yeah. and that's the biggest problem we have is people trying to get involved like no 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 we know this works we do it every single day yeah. all the time trust us you've been sat in your accountancy firm thinking you know how it works but you've, all you have done is that what you want from us as an agency is to bring some expertise. we learn learned from doing all these other things. The other 100 accounts we work on and bring it to your table. Because all that learning and what knowledge works. So, n- number of accounts. We work with um, one of the largest hearing loss charities in Europe. Um, that was amazing. We won that account against some real big agencies. And you beat me for an award. For and we win one. all the awards for yeah, it. Yeah, you beat me. Yeah. I love that. Cheers that. It was for amazing. When we got on stage with that award, I was just like, yeah. Yeah, cheers, right? Yeah. Um, so, that was good. And then... Um, <laughs> yeah, um, and we have other brands as well like Naked Marshmallow like one of my favourite brands ever because they do exactly what I just said yeah. or Pete you have unlimited budget and do whatever you want we've been working for two years now and they let us spend whatever we want because they know how we work I'm not going to spend money I'm not going to make money
0: Yeah.
1: so they give us free reign so right now we're selling advent calendars for them like 25x and they're spending more than a pound put it that way you know, so every time someone spends a pound at marketing we're getting 25 pound back and they're spending a lot more than a pound a day, I'm telling you, like it's big numbers. And that's because they let us do whatever we want.
0: Hmm.
1: I like it, I like it. You did, a good, you did a very good advert for them as well, didn't you? Amazing, like, I truth, we, we were up for best social campaign in the, in the whole of the UK for that one. Yeah. And to give you guys an example of what it was, we basically, their marshmallows cost six pound a bag, perceived expensive. They do a toasting kit which is 19.99, hmm. which is perceived expensive. So we just twisted it on its head and said, rather than it being a toasting kit, it's now a date night.
0: Yeah.
1: And 19 for a date night is cheap. Yeah, massive. Do you know what I mean? Like you, yeah. If you take your other half out, that's like 60 quid. Yeah. So we, we positioned it as a date night. So now it was affordable. And then rather than just advertising a date night, we then made three videos. One for a, a, a guy in a with a girl, one for a guy in a with a guy, and one for a girl in a with a girl. And we advertised them directly for those individuals. Because what happened in marketing is that if you're in a, um, if you're a girl versus like girl, you'll always see the straight relationship advertised to you. You'll never see the relationship that relates to you. So by making an advert relate to them perfectly, it just blew up. Yeah, We innovated the way marketing was done. We made advertising so unique to that individual that they just loved it and they bought it just to be like, we love your marketing. Yeah. Uh, so that was,
0: yeah, that went really, really well. Mm, I like that. i tell you a really good guy to check for marketing as well, Thomas the Caterer. So I am currently, Engaged, and Sarah's planned the whole thing in about a week, <laughs> and I picked my caterer because he was the best marketer. Love that. Like literally that. signed up on his website, and then he sent out a box that was like to Sarah and Ryan. Here is just some like really cool things to to just help your day run smooth. And then in the box was two of his brownies that were literally freshly baked. It. Ate them, boom, so job done. Yeah, mm. it's literally like no, I'm not going to anyone else. So then booked in, went and see him, everything. His marketing was so amazing. And then it even follows up to like, books come to me, all of those. It's just, his marketing is so good. It's so good. And it's just another example right now of brand, advertising, get it right. You're just going to dominate the market. He's going to be pulling in couples all over the place. The thing
1: that I want to also state is that we're in Lincoln right now. Yeah, Lincoln is a very... Traditional place. Yeah. It's booming, don't get me wrong. I think Five Years time is going to be a ridiculous place to be. And I think we're, we've got it right at the cusp of the right time. Mm. But the stuff that most, like, you go to London, you go to New York, people are doing crazy stuff there, right? And if we were to go into New York or London, we'd, we'd be competing, we'd be, light for light. We'd be, be like for yeah. like. It'd be like you'd be equals, right? And that's hard to win. You sit in Lincoln and you do the stuff that would make you equals in New York and London. Yeah, you just dominate. Yeah, you're already so far. And this is Chester. Like, I'm talking. If I'm looking, if these guys are looking to do anything in business, I'm thinking you find the most backwater place. Yeah, the place that is like so traditional that, they're, like, I mean, do you know how weird it is walking on the camera in Lincolnshire? Like, mm. they're like, what is going on?
0: Right? Okay. You do this stuff in Lincoln, it disrupts the place. Yeah, <laughs> anything not, you can. Not anything. used to it, are we? No, it's like it's so. So behind. Like when we turn up at events and everybody else has got shirt and tie and they yeah. all look the same and then it's like, who are these two idiots in their jeans? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, that's what that's what we're doing. Like, not bothered about turning up in a shirt and tie. It's horrible. It's horrible. But
1: I so when the guys start at our place they all ask me what switch we should wear. Yep. And I just say, wherever you makes you comfortable. Because if you're comfortable in what you wear, you'll be who you really are, yeah. you'll enjoy your job more, you'll be better at performance. If I'm forced into a shirt and tie, you're gonna be like locked in, you're gonna be like, I don't feel comfortable here. Like, you do what you want, you wear what you want. No, as long as you're not scruffy,
0: yeah. which is the key one, do what you want. Yeah, I really like that, I like that a lot. So we've come to the point in the podcast where I ask the guests the same three questions. I already know what you're going to say for one of the questions. But when you think of the word successful, who's the first person who comes to mind and why? Elon Musk. Why?
1: So, Elon Musk made a fortune from a sale from PayPal. Fortune. Took all his money, every penny, and put it into three other projects. Couldn't afford rent. Yep. That's mad. It's absolutely crazy. Mad. So, I mean, what I deem as successful, which is, I suppose, a follow-on question... I think successful is being able to do what you want when you want yeah um, I don't think it's a monetary number I don't think it's anything I mean it's, it's freedom freedom um, so yeah I mean that I guess that answers the question
0: yeah I really do like that and I read the uh, whole thing about Elon Musk in last month's Wired that guy's just mental yeah like, absolutely mental he looks a bit ill at the moment mate I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Well, he's got a few issues got a few issues minute, kicking here. yeah I mean I know you don't use Twitter but he uh, <laughs> <laughs> he had a bit of an issue on Twitter so the next question, so for those of you guys who listen to the podcast, you will know that at the end of the month, if you have shared this podcast on social media, you get entered into a competition to win every single person's answer to this question that I have done for that month. So, what is the book that has had the biggest impact on you? I love that. That's, that's a nice little it's, twist. Did you like it? Yeah, that? Yeah, that's good. It's a nice little... Oh, i might use that one. It's it's nice, that. Yeah. Well, Can i steal Yeah. Can Yeah, go for it. Yeah. It's like... We'll we, use that. We interview lots of people. Some of them give really good books. People want the books. We do a competition. People show it on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I love it. That's good. Best book. Uh, you know
1: it. I know it. It's oh. Key Person Influence by Daniel Priestley. Yeah. Like 100%. Um, every single business should have a key person of influence in it. The person does the speaking events, people who do the podcast, become the guy
0: yeah.
1: in the industry. Follow on from that. I'm going to give you two, so you've got, you've got two books to buy. Oh. Is The Lean Startup. Oh, yes. Yeah, I can't remember who wrote it, but The Lean yeah. Startup. Yeah. because it changed my life, that book. Well, the thing, and this goes back to so many points that we've just discussed. People are too busy trying to make the perfect product. Yeah. Don't. Spending hundreds of thousands to just test it. Yeah. Like, I think you lean startup, MVP, minimum viable product, yeah. get something out there, test and learn, test and learn, see if it works, and then when it works, you can grow
0: it. Yeah. Exactly, I so I had a meeting quite a few years ago now about a photography business, and a guy came to me because he's like, you're the membership guy, I, I know, and I, I want to build a membership website, so I want your advice. And he had this whole idea about building this competition, photography competition, and I was like, oh, I don't know about that. But I was quite interested in him as a person, I thought this has got legs, so I was like, well, I'll, I'll pay to build the website and we'll split the, split it and we'll do a, a JV on it. I got a quote for the, the build of the website, and it's like 70 grand, it's like no way, literally hodgepodge this together on WordPress with a plug-in, burned, yeah. like it burned. The market didn't want it. Imagine if I'd applied all that yeah, money to it. Yeah. it, just lost. Lean Startup, fantastic book, mm. love it, will change how you think about everything, and yeah, I cannot, that, someone else has said that as well. I think, yeah, I've given that away before, so I'll be giving those two books away again. So last question before I let you go is what is the worst advice you see or hear, see or hear in the marketing advertising world? Cheeky little so, smile, yeah, eh? Here's a quote that I hear all the time.
1: We've always done it that way.
0: Mm.
1: Like, I don't care. Yeah. Like I walk into rooms like, oh well, we normally do it this way. Like, and? Yeah. Someone's always so the thing that I would say is that you should never market your business the way it's been done before. And I'm talking even yesterday it changes so fast and the market is constantly moving so yeah that is the the worst piece of advice i ever hear and also people get really sort of loyal about their own platforms like when i came out and i said twitter is dead as a marketing channel so here's a a bit more background to the story because twitter is dead in my opinion from a marketing channel unless they can turn it around right and you know whatever that's just in my opinion but I went on stage. I did a talk, and I literally said, "Twitter is dead." Gave my reasons for it. And then there's this guy that 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 goes around all the agencies in the East Midlands, right? He's like friends of all the agency directors. And he came into me, sat down, and he said, "Pete, you've annoyed a lot of people." And I was like, "What have we done now?" You know, like (laughs) (laughs) what sort of thing? Again. And he said, "You you started doing talks on how Twitter is dead," and I went, "Yeah." And he goes, "Well, the other agencies aren't very happy with that," and I was like, "Why is that?" He goes, "Because they sell Twitter as a service." And I went. Maybe they shouldn't then.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> right. So people are very, people are very loyal to what they, the platforms they always will use. Yeah. Like these directors and, and ma- marketers will go, oh, we've got to using Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn to make it all work for you. Well, no. In my opinion, we need to be spending more time on these platforms because that's what's actually working. So innovation is got to be constantly happening. Mm. Don't be loyal to a platform just because you're there. I've got more social following on Twitter than any other platform. Mm. I've got ten thousand followers on Twitter. Right. More than any other platform I've got. Is dead.
0: I'm not oh, to it yeah do you think I'm just gonna ask you one question there one thing that really changed my whole thinking about everything online was a guy called James Tramco, super fast business and he created this whole premise around that the social medias are literally just the resources on the racetrack and your website is your digital asset you should just use them to drive that traffic back to your main Page, I'd love to hear your thoughts around that. Um,
1: maybe a few years ago,
0: mm.
1: um, but I think it's, I think, I think the biggest asset anyone has in business is now themselves, yeah. So that's it. Mm. I think back in the day, yeah, absolutely agree. you all these channels to fling traffic to your site, which will convert. Now, I think you send everything to the people, yeah, and then they convert it for you,
0: yeah. It's massive. Look at all the influencers right now, Huge. people want to work with them, yeah, people go to them cool thank you very much for coming on to the podcast Pete if people want to speak to you if they want to get in touch where can they find you
1: uh, so I'm going to drive people to the new Facebook we've, we just created for ourselves so it's facebook.com forward slash pwatto p-w-a-t-t-o um, daily vlogs going on there literally every single day uh, we've got podcasts going out every two weeks and we're doing some series as well so we're doing some sort of this is how you start a business at university. This is what I, how to innovate your marketing. We're doing some real cool series as well. Also got a YouTube channel as well. Um, but yeah, come, come find me on Facebook. If you engage in the content there, that'd be awesome. Cool. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.